Welcome to Just Fucking Metal, your weekly journey down the metal rabbit hole. We have the stories, the bands, and the metal you love. So step right up, because it's time for Just Fucking Metal. Hey everybody, welcome back to Just Fucking Metal. Today we're going to go back in time, 35 years, to look at Rain and Blood, the album that everybody fucking knows, Slayer. It's going to be amazing. We're going to talk about it, talk a lot of shit, but one of the most influential metal albums to ever hit anybody's record player. So let's talk about it. Guys, who wants to go first? Eric, you start. Yeah, man. What can you say about Rain and Blood? You know, it it is the pinnacle thrash metal record. Of course, uh, Master of Puppets and that are just, you know, pretty much a tie in the uh, thrash metal pantheon of greatest thrash metal records. And um, man, just phenomenal record from open to close. It brought a new uh, Rick Rubin, you know, he picked him up and uh, brought him over to Def Jam from Metal Blade and uh, just, you know, instilled a new life into their sound. Um, You know, that crisp, crisp production just delivers a sinister sonic assault that, um, you know, just we hadn't heard before, to be quite honest. And, um, you know, just again, that record i was not a slayer fan i was not into slayer heavily i I was aware of them but um it wasn't until that record that i became a slayer fan and of course now lifelong but um i'll uh, i'll pause for a moment and let anybody interject (laughs) well i'll i'll just throw my two cents in i also was not a huge slayer fan because i didn't know um about slayer a lot i was a couple younger years younger than you guys were and um, i was just getting turned on to them and um you know this i was into other metal bands and stuff and slayer was when i first heard slayer before this album was kind of raw and rough i thought and um, just didn't didn't sonically sound that pleasing to me um but like all the other you know rick rubin his uh his his wonderful recording skills um and as a producer he put these guys together and when i heard this album i was definitely a slayer fan after that too i was highly impressed um you know you kick off the album with angel of death It doesn't sound like any of their old stuff, like sonically, right? Like sonically, mm-hmm. it sounds like a very well-produced and well-recorded song. And then you just, the screaming of Tom, and that song is just, uh, you know, it just knocks you on your ass. And it's, uh, so to me, I was highly impressed um, when this album came out. And that was in 1986. So mm-hmm. I was a pretty, pretty young chap. At the time. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, the like you said, man, the, the opening with Angel of Death. But those opening guitars, that first 20 seconds of that barrage of guitars just slamming you in the face, that was unheard of at that time. We had Thrash Metal, we had Metallica, we had Megadeth, but holy shit. That just immediately, when you hear Angel of Death and if you're driving, you know you're going to immediately be going 20 miles faster than you were. Um, but at 20 seconds in, you get that scream, and man, just, you know that scream really kind of 
seals the whole record, just saying, this is what you're in for, buckle up. <laughs> yeah, and the, the thing about that is, it's like, <clears throat> as kick-ass of, as Angel of Death is, it's ballsy that, that, that you're going to open with that because you got to raise the bar after that song, right? Yeah, that song yeah. comes out, kicks you in the fucking face, and then you're like, okay, the rest of this album's going to blow, right? Fuck no. It goes immediately up, all the way, the whole thing, everything. You're necrophiliac, you're just like, holy shit, this thing does not stop. And and to it's only, you know, what, 28 minutes, something like that? Yep, 28, 28 minutes long. 28 minutes long. You're done with this. You feel like you've been beat on by 10 dudes for like an hour and a half. That's it is, right, man. It, it's, it's just an amazing, it's an amazing album. And I remember telling Eric when Eric would listen to Slayer before me and I wasn't a huge fan. And I was like, they just, they just don't do it for me. And then, you know, we were at one of the shows at Swope or whatever. And man, they played Angel of Death over the PA and I was in, dude. I was like, oh, fuck yeah, I'm in. Let's do this. Love it. Yep. And and as we've all kind of said here, you know, I again, I was aware of Slayer. I knew they were there, but they were just that, another thrash band out there at the time. Yeah. Um, the production on those, you know, the production on um, Show No Mercy is better than the production on Hello Waits. Agreed. But Agreed. Um, again, you know, it, it, it's what Rick Rubin actually brought to that and instilled in them to where they've been able to carry that on since. Yeah. Um, going into the re- re- you know recording studio and, and just knocking it the fuck out. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think he really gave them, I guess, what turned out to be their signature, their style. You yeah. know, they they really, we talked about it in the past too, how they've just really continued all throughout the years with that same style. And it hasn't, I mean, even with a couple of, well, a lot of members now getting changed out, they still have that same sound in the same style. So, <coughs> excuse me, I think they've um, maintained that. But I think that, you know, I, I think what Rick Rubin has always done well, I love Rick Rubin, so I'm going to give him a little bit of <laughs> kudos here. But I mean, that dude, when, you, when we talk about Angel of Death for the kickoff, right, when you start this thing, there are some amazing other songs during the middle parts of this album, but when you get to post-mortem, you're still getting your ass kicked. a turn at the end of postmortem where it you it almost has this I and mean, well it is a continuation into the last song raining blood yeah. and when you hear that uh, you just you just listen to 20 minutes of getting your ass beat and then you just hear this rain and you're just like oh, okay a moment to relax and then you hear those drums dum, dum, dum. Yep. Dum, dum, dum. and and then it just kicks into this unbelievable Dave yep. Lombardo you know, double bass, and you are getting bludgeoned mm-hmm. until the very end. Mm-hmm. 
love the way he kind of started it with Angel of Death, post-mortem, kind of fades into Raining Blood, and Raining Blood just kind of, and, that's uh, it. And I think Angel of Death and Raining Blood definitely bookend each other. They bookend the entire album, right? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, there's fucking Jesus Saves in the middle, you know. <laughs> it's, the, the whole record is sequenced perfectly. Yeah, you yeah. Know, going, but, going, into, going into Piece by Piece, going into Necrophilia, going into uh, Altar of Sacrifice. Because by Altar of Sacrifice, as you have mentioned, your ass is kicked already. Mm-hmm. And Altar of Sacrifice kind of gives you that little slower groove you know at one point and then of course it transitions very nicely to jesus saves it's almost like it's one song happens with postmortem as you mentioned going into raining blood just man the, again the, there cannot be enough said about the production on this album and how well uh you know again the sequencing is just perfect for this because you've got the the killer open you've got great songs in the you know t- up to the middle you've got that great piece in the middle including criminally insane and then you close it with uh, postmortem raining blood and just and then at the end of Raining Blood, you know, you've got another, like, what, two minutes of just that rain storm. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Perfect. I know, because you're, sit- you're just sitting there like. Oh. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, hey, I need a shower. And, and it's so, it's so, um, I think I like all of those bands in this time period, right? Like the. Slayer and Metallica and Anthrax and like Megadeth were all they all they all were still pretty young like they really, were they were they were yep really young and and just balls out and like embraced everything that that scene was right and and remember there would be there would be like these urban legends like man my friend went to a Slayer concert and they tore all the seats out of the ground and people died <laughs> and you're like, and you're People throwing themselves off the balcony. Yeah, and it's like it's like, man, I remember the first Slayer concert I went to. I was terrified, right? Because I was like, because <laughs> I was like, I gotta be ready for some shit. Yep, absolutely. I felt <laughs> and the same it, way. And it wasn't the pit was amazing, dude. Everybody in the pit, if you fell, they picked you up, and you know, it was it was like that was when the brotherhood of metal was the way it was supposed to be. We were yeah, all a bunch of fucking outcasts and rebels and did our shit and we picked each other up and we were family and fucking it was great, man. And Rain and Blood was like the most aggressive album at that time. I mean, there, there was nothing, you know, this this is the one that made your parents believe that they worship Satan. <laughs> that's yeah, that's right. <laughs> Absolutely. This there are bands who have made their entire career off of raining blood alone. Mm-hmm. Um, I've recently been listening to a lot of cannibal corpse mm-hmm. just for the hell of it. Yeah. And um, everything they're doing is raining blood, you know. I mean it's a hammer smash face and yep. torture, all these songs that they do are just you know, almost homages to uh yeah. you know what Slayer did with Raining Blood. And again in eighty six they were, you know, one of the first to actually do this. 
So now it's common. You know, we've got deicide, and deicide is awesome. But mm-hmm. um, would we have had deicide without Slayer? That's, uh, that's hard to say. But uh, okay, so another point lyrically, this album is spectacular. Absolutely, right? <clears throat> it's metal poetry. Oh, of sure. course, yeah. And that and that's another thing. The whole sometimes you miss the miss the forest for the trees, right? You you just hear the noise and don't hear anything else. But it's like <clears throat> uh, Angel of Death with its discussion of you know the the World War II experiments on Jews and all that and how that felt from their perspective. Right is a is was an interesting take to begin with. It was highly controversial because it was you know it was oh this is a pro Nazi song. No, it's not. No, it's not. Listen to it. It is not at all. Read the lyrics. Right and and it's uh, again this. Whenever you see top ten metal albums, this is this is always in the top ten and usually in the top five. Right, because it is such a well put together thought out oh uh, it, it's almost a concept album yeah i agree yeah, that. really it is it, uh, yeah you're right you're right and, and it's it's just really it's really amazing and it, and still to this day you put it on it'll go head to head with any motherfucker you want to go with so concept absolutely album. so rick rubin as a producer so he had the the best um you know, like, hey, we're going to put this song first, second, third, fourth. This is how we're going to fade it, man. This is how we're going to tie them together. Concept album, right? Like, he conceptually kind of had this idea. But you can't just give all the credit to Rick Rubin either, right? Like, these dudes wrote it and exactly. played everything, right? So it's it's this perfect storm of creativity yeah. and, and artists coming together at, at this amazing time together in their lives to create this product, right? And the product yeah. is just like, all of those artists, even Rick Rubin included, being all all together at the same time, producing this this uh, you know concept album, I guess. And and I don't think you could have one without the other, really. No. Um, you know, I think they all had to be where they were at the time to to put this product out. And it has definitely stood the test of time. We were talking what thirty five years ago. Thirty five years. Yep. Man, crazy. I listened to this one today. Still got chills, man. It's still a good album. And you still, people that are even peripheral Slayer fans know this album, right? They know Jesus Saves. They know Angel of Death. They know Raining Blood. Yep. And half these songs are still on the set list until they, you know, finally close the show. Yeah. True. And 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 it's like that. That I I can't I can't speak to how influential this was for me. I mean, it didn't take me in any specific direction, but this was one of those albums when I just was angry at the world and needed to release it on something other than someone. Put this album on, get to the end. I am good to go, man. I'm cool, right? Everything, all yeah. that anger is gone. Therapeutic. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's just, uh, it is one of the best metal albums ever. And you only need 30 what? You only need 30 minutes to jam. <laughs> it's a lot less expensive than a therapist. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Unless, yeah, you, buy, unless you buy this. Well, still a little bit, but yeah. yeah true. <laughs> right. Then you got to flip it over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you do. 
Yeah, one note on the concept item though is, you know, of course it's not a concept like a like a Operation Mindcrime. Yeah, yeah. But you know, the name Rain in Blood carries through each of those songs, you know, yeah. the Angel of Death deals with blood. Piece by piece deals with blood. Altar of Sacrifice deals with blood, you know. Yeah. Just all throughout the entire record. It's just a very bloody, bloody record, a very vicious record. <laughs> and um, you know, we've talked about production and think about it, you know, uh Rick Rubin had done the cult electric and that was such a sonic masterpiece, you know, then he did this one sonic masterpiece. Then he did the uh, first Danzig record sonic masterpiece. He really, you know, just had that touch. It'd be interesting to hear what rain and blood would sound like had they stayed with metal blade and, you know, it'd been produced by metal blade. Um, I don't, you know, I don't know if it would have the impact it does today. I mean, I, I think it'd be almost the same product, but, um, you know, I think it'd be muddy, but yeah, and and I think that was that was kind of Metal Blade's style, right? The bands they the bands they signed, and the recordings they put out were garagey, yeah. right? Yeah. And, that was, and that was kind of the I, I think that was intentional, right? I, some of it was limitations, but some of it was intentional as well. So I, I think it was, you know, we want this we want this sound to be dirty. We want this sound to be rougher. Right, but uh, rain and blood is rough as fuck, but yeah. it's but oh, it's man. but it's clean. Yeah, oh. right. I just the, don't think at that time, Roland, there were a lot yeah. of people who were given metal yeah. the the, uh, the props. Yeah, well, the props or or the the even an idea that it should be a better product yeah. sonically, right? Yeah. Like, I think that was just the norm and that's just what they were doing. We signed yeah. somebody on Metal Blade, we record them here with it, with this place and it was a, a product, right? Like, boom, 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 how many of these can we get out? That was it Brian uh, Slagle? Brian Slagle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that was nothing. Bill Matoy you know, might have been involved in that one too in um, the, the earlier recordings. And, and I, I think Rick was like, you know, hey, I'm starting this label over here. I I like metal. Um, I'd like to sign you guys. Maybe we can do something different. And I mean, what other metal people was he really working with at the time, right? And and so this was 86. He was doing Beastie Boys, Run DMC, you know. And, and Carrie was working on the Beastie Boys albums too, yep. right? So he actually did some guitar work with them at he, that time. He, he took some cash to do the, the solos, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I guess you know they were all hanging out, and and uh, he, they they said, hey, let me, you know, I'm I'm sure that there was some conversation there where he said, hey, come on over to my record label, let me record your next album. I don't know how that went down. It'd be interesting to to yeah. hear the backstory on that. Yeah. But you know, he he, I don't think he really ever put anything out that wasn't done artistically well as a producer. Yeah. yeah. And. Um, I think that changed the face of metal really um, at that point, because this was one of the, the better sounding metal albums at the time. And, and I don't know how long it would have taken until we got the, the next one, if this one would have happened. But to the, yeah, I think to, the, to the artistic point, right? The, this, this cover is more artistic than any of their older covers, right? Their older yeah. covers are demons and swords and bullshit, right? This, this, this is like a, paint a piece of art right like it or like the imagery or not it's artistic and it's well put together and then i I think that falls into place with the artistry of the conceptualization and fabrication of this album from start to finish 
Yeah. Yeah. It's the, a, it the, is a, a full product. The album cover is a, an eleventh song. You know, it's it belong when you hear "Raining Blood," you think of this record cover. You know, and that's a, that's a good that's a good point. That eighty five eighty six period, right, is when the sound of metal changed. Yeah, yeah. got more te- got more technical, was more clear. There there mm-hmm. were more there were more like classical guitar openings and shit like that, right? Like. Like it, it said, "Hey, we're not just these long-haired assholes in spandex jeans that are playing guitars loud. We're musicians, so listen to what we have to do." And and with the production value and the and the labels investing the extra money to make a better product, I, I think it it changed the way metal is recorded, the way it sounds, and all that that we still have today. Yep, yep. And we hear it, you know, in Creator. You hear old Creator, and then oh. you hear. Um, extreme aggression, you know, that was yeah. their first major label. Yeah, yeah. And man, you just it's night and day from Pleasure to Kill, you know, <clears throat> and Pleasure to Kill is great, but there's songs that sound like a vacuum, you know, depending on how loud it's going. So, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So, the, the, the production that was brought to this album really, um, you know, kind of set a tone for, as we just said, metal uh, moving forward. And we also talked about the sequencing, the fact that there was no breath between any of these songs. It yeah. was just, hey, you got your ass kicked. You know, here comes the next guy going to kick your ass <laughs> one more time. And it just didn't stop throughout the entire album. And um, it, just phenomenal. You know, at a time when every album had a fucking ballad on it, including Metallica. True. Slayer said, nah, we're good. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we're good. <laughs> yeah, and I know when they recorded this, you know, I think one of the guys said to Rick Rubin, he goes, man, this is only like 25 minutes long. Do you think we need to write some more songs? He goes, no, it's perfect. You know? <laughs> it's Because really, there's no B-sides for this album either. Um, they did a, a single for Criminally Insane or for Postmortem, and it was a really nice single because it actually had Postmortem transitioned into Criminally Insane, and yeah, it was, was the alternate. Great. There is a very small break in Epidemic. Um, yeah. It kind of changes into almost a gallop, and uh, I, when I was listening to it earlier today, I was like, oh, it really noticed much of that before but it's just a small break and it changes into a different part of the song but it's but like you said it's only a breath like yeah. and then it goes right like yeah. it doesn't give yeah. you any time for a breather um yeah it just i don't know it's a great album another thing i like yeah. about the, uh, the the songwriting and lyrics is the proclamations take your fucking life you know yeah. do you want to yeah. die now I shall write a blood. You know, just yeah. man, I love I love the balls on the uh, on the lyrics. Because yeah, you know you know you know there was cars with windows down with seven guys screaming, "Take your fucking life!" <laughs> you know, next to a family <laughs> on the road. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know those. I know those guys. <laughs> yeah, yep, yeah, yeah they, and and they were actually on a Geraldo special. That Geraldo. <laughs> satanic panic special yeah. um, because it unfortunately listened to Slayer and killed one of their friends. Um, yeah. And, you know, they had uh, referenced piece by piece. So, you know, fools, fools. Yeah. Uh, my favorite song off this is Raining Blood. And it's the last song on here. Uh, Angel of Death is a great song. I love that one too. But just the, the feel is amazing because it really uh, sonically paints a picture for you, right? Mm-hmm. Like um, 
I, I like a lot of, I like songs that aren't just the music, right? Like they have additional things brought in, like an orchestra or outside sounds, right? And, and they actually create this sonic uh, amazement. And yeah. um, when you hear Raining Blood and this, this kind of like rainstorm coming in and then this eeriness of the guitars and the whining of those, those guitars, it just creates this picture. I mean, you visually start thinking about, oh, what the fuck's going on here? And then they just kick in with the actual instruments and singing. And I just think it's a, a great song. Great. Yep. Great pick, man. Mine's going to be Jesus Saves. I absolutely fucking love Jesus Saves. Um, you know, as a 16-year-old kid, uh, you know, getting <laughs> getting to hear those lyrics and saying, hey, wow, someone's saying fuck you, you know. <laughs> uh, just, just. But also the song itself, uh, the way it opens, it has that slow opening and there's a and, you know, just kind of builds up, builds up, builds up. And by the end of it, it is just slamming you back and forth, you know, Jesus saves. Um, I, for some reason, when it comes down to it, when I think of all 10 songs on that record, um, Jesus saves has always been my favorite song on that record. And I'm so happy that they were still playing that right up, you know, till, till retirement, just. It's that says what it says about being, you know, a phenomenal song. I am going to go with a dark horse, necrophobic. Nice. <laughs> okay. That, that song, because it's kind of in the, it's kind of in the middle of the, you know, Jesus saves to angel of death. Right. And, and it's between piece by piece and altar sacrifice. All the other songs I love on here, I, I do, but I, I think nec necrophobic is one of those that doesn't get enough credit because it's kind of in the middle of some really, really amazing shit, right? <laughs> It's a great song. There is not a shit song on this album. Not one. Absolutely. Rain, Rain and Blood, one of the finest albums. If you haven't heard it, I don't know what this is the matter with you, but go find it. Go listen to it immediately. It's 28 minutes out of your life. You will never need to have back. You will feel like every minute is worth it. And uh, yeah, it's, it's just a great album. Great. On, um, on a scale of 1 to 10, it goes to 11. It, it absolutely is an 11. It is uh, great metal therapy. That is for sure. All right. So uh, let us know what you love about Rain and Blood in the comments. Let's let's have an open discussion. You may hate Slayer with all your soul. Who knows? <laughs> let's talk about it. And also, remember, um, if you're on YouTube, click the little bell so you know when we put new content out. We're going about every couple of weeks now. Um, follow us on Facebook for sure because we post stuff there all the time. New music, our thoughts. 
random late night bullshit, whatever. Um, it's amazing. Some of the stuff we posted to in the morning <laughs> and, um, yeah. And then check us out on Apple music, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcast. And, um, we appreciate your support. Tell your friends and remember as always stay fucking metal. Stay fucking metal. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Just Fucking Metal. Subscribe to our videos on YouTube, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram. Thanks again for listening, and remember, stay just fucking metal.